Well, 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 Mr. Vacation returns from his vacation. You guys don't That's understand right. the behind the scenes and the way this podcast works. I get the text like, hey, man, sorry, but I have an amazingly cool girlfriend, and I know you're single and very lonely. And uh, on my 30th birthday, my amazing, cool girlfriend is taking me on a really cool trip. Uh, so we're going to have to postpone the recording. I'm like, yeah, no, it's cool, man. My 30th birthday, I just got drunk by myself. That's all right. We're all good. We're both too <laughs> We're just two dudes doing really good. <laughs> hey, man, you know, be- beauty's in the eye of the beholder, all right? I, I, I know damn well that those Miller lights you enjoyed on your 30s were, uh, were fantastic. They no, were enough was, company to keep they, – they kept me warm, that's for sure, at night. No, it was, uh, it was definitely a good time. We went to um, – it was like a tiny house, but it was just a room with, like, a bathroom and a small kitchen, uh, and it was in a cabin – uh, along a creek in Tennessee, it was super awesome. That's so, that's really cool. I saw the pictures and everything, and yeah. uh, it was a uh, shout out to uh, your amazing GF Grace because that was uh, that was a cool planned thirtieth uh, birthday. Welcome to Club Thirty. That's right. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. You did the hard work already. You already lost all your hair. I mean, it's not like you have to worry that's about right. that now in your thirties. You got it done. Just get it done early in the twenties. I just figured I'd nip it in the bud <laughs> sooner rather than later and uh, and get that over with. But, yeah, I'm happy to be here. And it's funny because now I, I kind of officially feel like I've hit that point where every athlete I'll be talking about now is definitely going to be younger than me outside of the old veterans that we refer to yeah. as the, you know, the ailing, aging old guys. We're so past our prime for sure in the <laughs> athletic world. Yeah, I believe 27 is the age, and we are well past it at this point. <laughs> that, uh, that obviously segues us into this uh, franchise tag edition of the Football Lounge. Of course, today, Tuesday, March 9th, when this is being recorded, it is the deadline for franchise tags, and as of 8 o'clock Eastern time, all of those tags have been in place, so we have the full list of who either got extended, uh, who got franchise tagged, and who didn't. So a Who's lot of that is what is going to be the focus uh, today. Obviously, the free agency market is going to be a big discussion uh, as we get ready for the new league year, which starts in uh, just about a week. So a lot about to happen very soon, but of course... We already have some news as to which players will be staying with their teams, and we have a couple that we're definitely going to touch on here coming up, Mark. But before we get into that, I mentioned it's March 9th, uh, so we'll do our On This Day in Football History. On this day, March 9th in 2014, William Clay Ford, longtime owner of the Detroit Lions, died at the age of 88, and then just 16 days later, Ralph Wilson, who was in charge of the Bills, died at 95, and at the time, the NFL wound up losing its two two longest tenured owners in just a matter of weeks. So, kind of a a big moment there, seven years ago, where you know two staples in NFL franchises, Mark, uh, you know, were lost, uh, you know, to their families and of course uh, to the league as well. They are well entrenched in league history and. Um, so, yeah, I mean, obviously a big moment. Um, you know, most teams don't rifle through owners very often. So when you have the tenured owners from, you know, years and years past, it, it says something about their ability to maintain a franchise. And obviously the Lions and Bills, although we think, you know, recently of them not being great, have definitely had their heydays in the NFL. Oh, yeah. Well, especially a long time ago. You know, it's one of those things yeah. that's interesting. We think 2014 – uh, and, and, and being seven years ago, it, it reminds you also, too, when you lose the senior members of, like, the Fords or the Lions. You know, now it's Martha Ford, uh, who's certainly getting up there in age. And, uh, uh, you know, uh, it reminds me of two of the McCaskies and, obviously, Virginia. Uh, your your franchise as well with the Roonies losing a lot of, you know, the senior. Kind of a, a, that kind of changing of the guard. You, you've seen it with the Hunts. You know, yep. we now we've recently seen it with the Kansas City Chiefs' success. The Hunt children now, the – son and daughter and i can't think of the, their two names but they're uh, you know they're in their 50s or you know 60s but you know it was uh their dad lamar hunt who you know was the founder of the chiefs and seeing yeah the sec- one of the most important figures yeah. in nfl history seeing the second so. generation of of those owners and if you're a bears fan or a steelers fan or a giants fan you know, the maras especially too you're on like third generations now we're on you know virginia is still obviously 
Virginia for the Bears, but uh, you know, for the you know now it's the McCaskey children, so it's a third generation now. Some of these family-run uh, businesses with the you know teams like the Bears uh, and 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 some of these other historic franchises, the Fords. I I don't not sure if what the Fords plan is after, post Martha. I, uh, are there Ford children like McCaskey children? that she has that are in the wings. That's one of those interesting things we I got to look up because now I'm just fascinated by it too. Yeah, that's a great question. I don't know. I, I'm not too sure about that. And yeah, I mean, you're talking about like, a lot of this is a lineage thing. It's almost like the royal family. You know, yeah, it's like everything it just gets it's passed down and then it keeps on going. And obviously that's applicable with recent. Well, events, and you know, yeah. now with Steven Jones, he's been groomed for years to take over for Jerry. Um, and obviously we'll talk about Jerry yes. here coming up. Who yep. is it, who's in Who's in line with the Steelers? Who's making the calls with the Steelers right now? Well, so Art, Art Rooney um, has two sons, I believe, and Art Rooney's not terribly old. No, he's, I mean he's in his sixties, but he's um, you know certainly um, cer- certainly expected to be around for you know quite some time. Uh, Dan Rooney, you know, passed uh, a few years ago, and that was obviously big news because he pioneered um, you know so much in the NFL. Of course, the Rooney Rule being you know the biggest uh, aspect of that. Art Rooney, I, I got to check on on terms of the lineage, but I know that there are direct family yeah. members basically in line, so it should continue for I, for some time. I'm actually before we get off this really quick. Well, my final point of this, it's it's also this is why we do this day in football history because it could take you on tangents, yeah. and you never know where it goes. But I really, uh, you know, when it's all said and done, a, a lot of people hate on George McCaskey who runs the Bears right now. Uh, compared to Michael's brother and and the others in the family, I actually have the most faith in George and have been overall the most impressed with George. It's now again that bar is very low, uh, but he's very he makes himself more available. I think he holds himself pretty accountable. Uh, so it is. It's one of those things where you know not every team is out there that uh, you know the Seattle's kind of dealing with this now. We've you know we've seen with Russell Wilson since Paul Allen yeah. died. And his wife takes over, and she's not really a football mind. And Pete Carroll's basically taking control of the team. And it's a lot of the reason why Seattle's having turmoil. You mean, you see it in different levels. It's kind of what's happened in Houston. Bad ownership and, and this, you know, ownership's so important. And, uh, and uh, we'll obviously talk about with Jerry Jones and what's going on with Dallas, too. But, you know, the NFL, I like that analogy a lot with the royal family. Like, some of these things – uh, you know, as much as we all want Jeff Bezos to just come in and buy our teams and spend a ton of money, uh, these families are entrenched, and a lot of them, you know, it's a cash cow. The Bears have had that problem for years. The Lions have had that problem uh, for a long, long time. Just, you know, you sit on these cash cows, and, you you know, uh, you don't get aggressive because why? The money's there, and it's and it, uh, it's good business to be in, owning an NFL franchise. Yeah, it absolutely is. And, you know, to your point, uh, it can definitely harvest complacency, which is the biggest thing that you want to avoid when you're talking about, you know, an ever-changing league and, you know, constant adaptations and, you know, really needing to be light on your feet. And that's, you know, for better or for worse when, you know, if you don't have the proper culture in place, then things can start to unravel as time passes, you become more passive and more passive. Uh, because of those family ties. So there is, you know, that fine line where certain family lineages have always maintained a certain culture while others, you know, continue to kind of follow in the same path. So it is interesting to see as as things move along. It's one of those, you know, I mean, it's it's Makes very me jealous to, of Carolina and Jake Tapper because he's come in and it's just like, hey, I'm a billionaire. I'm yep. going to spend money. I want to win. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. And, and, and we've seen that, you know, those methods can work very well too. So it's, you know, it's, it, it is impressive. I know we did like, you know, the, um, what's his name, the businessman. And, um, uh, he's like the, you know, the guru speaker, motivational speaker, Gary Vanderchuk has always talked about owning the jets one day, yeah. you know, who knows one day we may hear that he just decided to throw a cool $1.5 billion down to buy the jets, you know, and it can happen. So, uh, very, very interesting stuff to kind of look at that and the family ties. Okay, Mark, uh, obviously it's a big day in the NFL. Probably the biggest day since the Super Bowl, really, was the deadline for franchise tags. And while they've been able to franchise tag players for, I think, two weeks now, obviously teams are going to wait to the last minute because still don't know what the cap number is going to be. Yeah. And you want to wait to see what your options well, are and time is your friend in that regard. Exactly. So it comes down to this day and there's nothing to lose. And, you know, teams uh, ultimately have to make a decision. 
So um, obviously some big stuff there, but just your your general thoughts on on that situation. Certainly, it just also goes to show the power of the NFL. They they own the schedule. I mean, how yeah. great of is the NFL in the three days that the NBA has off from their All Star game on Sunday, and they don't pick up games again. I think till Wednesday night or Thursday, full action. The NFL is like, oh, it's just perfect timing. It just so happens that franchise tag deadline. Uh, happens to fall in a time of the calendar where nothing else in American sports is ma- is massive right now. The NFL is just so brilliant in owning the calendar. And obviously, you know, it's just one of those things where, to me, this is the start. It's the first step in the shaping of what your team looks like in the following year. This date, and yeah. then you get to, yeah. uh, you know, by July, uh, you know, obviously you have t- time to negotiate those contracts for the, t- for the people you did tag. Uh, but also then, you know, then it starts to tumble into the draft. If free agency, uh, I think free agency starts within the next two, three weeks, right? If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah, March 17th. So, yeah. Oh, that, uh, that's, it's next week. It's literally eight days from now. See, yeah, the NFL's king, man. They just know how to schedule, baby. No, that's they, just I mean, schedule. They, they consistently stay relevant. They they're, do. They're sure to to constantly, you know, have themselves and uh, and, you know, people like us. You know, we uh, we're happy to take that mantle for them for sure. We'll so, feed off the scraps. Know, yeah, I'll be a pawn in that game all day. So, um, well, obviously the big news starting today, Mark, uh, was not a franchise tag situation. Although he did end up getting franchise tagged, but it was a uh, you know more of a formality than anything else. Is Dak Prescott, the uh, Dallas Cowboys, decide to uh, to commit to Dak Prescott for the long term? Uh, he gets the most guaranteed. Uh, in NFL history, it's a four-year contract, and uh, you know it, it ended up being um, a franchise tag as well. But they did that just out of good faith because by issuing this franchise tag, it ensures that they cannot use a franchise tag on him again, and that's what he wanted as part of his contract. So they they franchise tagged him just to uh, to get that formality out of the way and to show that, uh, okay, officially we cannot do it. But it's a $160 million contract, Mark. And, um, you know, we've been talking for a while about is Dak going to get that big contract? He obviously turned down a similar one, although this was more, but he turned down $100 million guaranteed. Um, but in this one, he gets, I need to find the exact amount, 126 million guaranteed. Which was a little so bit more than Patrick Mahomes. I think Mahomes is at like 125 yep. or 120. <laughs> yeah, I think it was guaranteed. like exactly like a million more. So, yeah. yeah. You know, so Dan, my, my, there's obviously a ton we got to break down. I want to start, my, my first is that I think one of the things that we, you know, we always try to do with our listeners is peel back a little bit of that curtain. Make the make the talk and, and for you to be equipped with the knowledge of like when you go to the bar and you're sitting next to the guy who's four Bud Lights in, and you're smarter and you're drinking Miller Lights, you you can say, hey, you know, <laughs> right. I, I can give you this nugget to maybe, you know, elevate the sports fandom to talk beyond just this, this silly water cooler stuff, which is like, Dick Prescott's not worth the money, blah, 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 blah. So Yeah, you got to provide first, context. First and, and uh, foremost, you know. the, the reason that I think this is um, – the reason the guarantee is so high, and I think that's a, that's a huge part of this in the signing bonus because really Dak's cap hit won't go in effect till really next year. He won't start really affecting right. the cap until next year. They did a big signing bonus. He's really only affecting the cap about $9 million. Uh, It's like a one-year $9 million deal basically this year uh, in, a, in the year that the Dallas Cowboys are really needing cap relief as the cap we expect to drop this year because of COVID, but then make a big leap forward in the coming years. Now, not massively. And again, everyone likes to say, oh, well, the caps can explode and the cap will continue to go up. Obviously with gambling coming into the picture, that money coming in and the new TVD deals. Yeah. But, but Dak's number is still going to be big against the cap. It's not going to go up 50, 80, 60 million where else on Dak's money looks small. Uh, but what you have to remember is Dan, an organization like we've been talking about some of these other organizations like my Chicago bears, cannot sign someone and I mean they could but they the McCaskey family would have to go to the bank and get a loan to give a quarterback 120 million dollars guaranteed that loose cash or they'd have to take it out against their own business Jerry Jones can write that check Jerry Jones has the freedom to say I'm Jerry Jones I'm writing that check and what the Cowboys pay with the cap versus what I'm just giving you in guarantees those are different things. Those are separate entities. Now, they'll have to be spread out, 
But when the signing bonus, we talk about, I mean, at signing, he made the highest in the NFL history, too, at $66 million, uh, plus than what he's going to get. So in a calendar year, Dak will have made over $100 million from the Cowboys from last year's tag to this signing bonus, plus his salary for this year. It's well over $100 million what he's going to make in a calendar year. He can do that because of Jerry Jones, the Dallas Cowboys. So I think that's one of those things where the Cowboys – they are smart in the fact that Jerry loves players. Jerry loves making players feel welcome. Jerry loves flashing his money, too. And Jerry loves knowing that, hey, Stan Kroenke's got more money than me. Knowing that some of these other owners, uh, you know, uh, very few besides Stan, you know, Shad Khan, a couple of these other guys have a little bit more money than me, sure. But the way I spend my money and the way I treat my players is very flash. It's very Dallas, 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 big money uh, with the smile. I think that's uh, some PR to for to other NFL players as well, saying, hey, we got a deal done. I'm always going to get my deals done with my guys, and I'm going to make sure when you sign your name on the dotted line that you literally direct deposit $66 million transferred from the bank of Jerry Jones to the bank of Dak Prescott. I think is is an important thing to hash out, and just this deal for what a, a, a part of it. Now, we'll start to get into do I like the deal, what do I think of the deal, and all that, but that's my immediate reaction. I think it, it needs to be um, – uh, said that that not every organization can just do this. You know what I mean? Not like the yeah. the you know. I, you think of organizations. They that have the luxury. Mind. The four, like the, the the you know the the Lions, some of the other poor organizations, the the Green Bay Packers. They don't have that billionaire owner who just can write the guaranteed check. Uh, the business versus what you know the owner is paying. So I think that that to me was the, one of the first things that struck me. Um. Dan, you know, what are your first impressions before we get into the overall, what we think of the deal, how, what do we think of the Cowboys going forward? Yeah, I mean, I think that the Cowboys were in a situation where they were kind of stuck, honestly, because, and, and I don't think it's a bad deal for the Cowboys to make simply because the, you see, I mean, you mentioned it with the Bears, like it's, it's really, really hard to find a franchise caliber quarterback. It's even harder to find an extremely special generational quarterback. Now it's, you know, yet to be seen whether or not Dak actually fits into the ladder there, but we all can, can attest to the fact that he certainly is capable of being a franchise quarterback in the NFL. And he has shown that, um, and he has won games. So when it comes down to that point, it's, are you going to write the check? Are you going to sign a guy? Maybe you have to overpay in terms of what contemporaries uh, would consider. But at the end of the day, you knew Dak Prescott was going to draw a contract similar to this from someone else if it weren't the Cowboys because someone else who's been starved for a quarterback on the open market was going to pay. They were going to pay for it. Um, So if you're the Cowboys, do you do you want another team to get that shot or do you want to be the team? And and look, it's a four year deal. Yeah, it's a lot of money, but it's four years. It's not they're not committing to the next 15 years of their franchise. They're saying we are going to try and build a championship football team around a franchise caliber quarterback in the short term here. And we have some key players, especially on offense, that we think can get this done. So I, I, I think. Ultimately, it was something Dallas needed to do. I think it was a good move, and I think it's a good move for Dak. Even if you like, as you mentioned, you know it's backloaded. It gives him not only an opportunity to sign to ink a lot of guaranteed money here, even if it's not in the first year and he gets hurt or whatnot, he's guaranteed this totally. money. Um, he also gets his time to prove himself, and he could potentially get another big payday in four years. If even if the Cowboys don't want it and, and don't can't afford it at that point, he has four years now to kind of prove his worth once again and potentially hit another big payday because he's not, uh, you know, terribly old and quarterbacks are playing into their late thirties. So yeah. th- those are my initial thoughts. You know, so all right, I'm, I'm going to now flip this under the things like, okay, so Mark, I'm speaking now just as Mark as a fan of football and as a fan of a team, that's not the Cowboys. Here's the many reasons that I love this. Okay, so now I'm gonna tell you why I love it, and then I and then I'll let and then you know then I'll go into why if I was a Cowboys fan, there are some real concerns. So for me, as Mark Hessman is a sports fan, NFL fan, and is a fan of a different team that's not the Cowboys, I love it for two reasons. The Cowboys now to me are guaranteed to not win a Super Bowl and not be deep playoff contenders, in my opinion, for the next four years. I as a fan of my team can write off the Cowboys as a, to me, in my opinion, I'll make it, I'll state it right now, a legitimate contender. 
Uh, I do think that they will be the best team in the NFC East next year because defense already gets better just by getting Dan Campbell in there, like a real defensive coach, just go back to being a defensive coordinator uh, as a mind in there. I think they can now focus on their defense with the draft and other moves. They did save some like $15 million in free agency with the stack deal. So I think you'll see them, uh, they will approach their defense. They're pretty much set offensively, a little offensive line help. They might look for some depth and, uh, or a you know first or second round pick offensive line, uh, but I, they don't scare me. I also think to myself, you know, very very you know as a, as a fan of football, on the flip side, now his money is right below. He got as close as you can get to Patrick Mahomes without going to forty five million, and that's what you know a lot of these quarterbacks look at, guarantees everything. But like, what is that per year value? Patrick sits at 45. That is the top. That is the half a billion dollars over 10 years. And Mahomes' deal looks even better because this because of how long it's spread out. And Mahomes knowing, and I think you talk about a quarterback we talked a lot about when you, t- you talk Mahomes, Brady, what are the news of Brady? He's restructuring his deal to be longer, yep. more money, but better for your cap over longer periods of time. Mahomes clearly has taken that bite, saying, I'm going to get mine. I'm getting my guarantee. When it's all said and done, I'll get my half a billion dollars. He'll end up making a lot more because I think there'll be more incentives, sure. more restructuring, more money, another re-signing bonus, things like that. And I'm never going to be the guy, especially in five, six years from now, where my number is going to look so crazy affordable compared to these other guys. Because, Dan, if Dak goes for 40 right now, right, there are there are a couple quarterbacks I have in the top of my head that I'm immediately like, oh my god, they have got to be looking at their agents saying, this is now our starting point. Dak is now our starting point. Lamar Jackson, he's got a bleeping MVP. He's had uh, he has had more regular season success than Dak Prescott, and I think a lot of us would agree, way younger, and his upside is still a lot higher than a Dak Prescott. Josh Allen, he just had a career year. He's due for that extension in a year from now with Lamar Jackson. He's got to be salivating at this as well, going, that's my number. I've had now more playoff success than Dak Prescott. I've led my team to playoffs more than Dak Prescott. And again, my upside is way higher than Dak Prescott. Also, two guys, I think, in just general NFL terms, GMs are smart enough to know, and we all would, I think, is the is just our dumb fan brains would agree they're better quarterbacks than Dak Prescott right now. I think if you're making us rank them, you wouldn't put Dak above Josh Allen or Lamar right now, would you? I no, wouldn't. No, 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 no. So okay, so there Certainly you go. Certainly not. Another guy, Kyler Murray's got to be looking at this going cha ching sure. cha ching. If I can get my team to the playoffs in the next year or two, my money's going to roll on in. So you that already is just again. I'm speaking as just a fan of the NFL. That's going to make this all so much more fascinating over the next couple of years to look at as well. Yeah, man, yeah. we got these these now these other young guys who are like, wait a minute, I I think I'm I'm in the Dak into Deshaun range, but uh, you know, and they're getting paid that. So where am I? Do I go above Patrick Mahomes? Do I go below Patrick Mahomes? You have a lot of these guys fighting for that a little bit more than Deshaun, 38, 39. But a little less than Patrick, 45. So it's going to be the 44, 43, 42, 41, 40. In that range, it's becoming a tight that, window, you or, know. And how many years? You know, again, <laughs> exactly. if you're if you're out there right now, if you're the agent for a Josh Allen, if you're the agent for Lamar Jackson, and you're these teams, you got to start talking about: Can we do a Patrick Mahomes type? Not maybe not 10 years, but will your client do the seven years at 38 million dollars a year over seven years? You know what I mean? It's going to make these sure. deals a lot more interesting, and so. That, again, is why I think it's a good deal for us as just fans. And on the flip side, though, if I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan, I look at this now and I go, wait a minute. Right now, we do have the best quarterback in our division. Depending on – I'll give Daniel Jones another year of starting before I really make a decision. Dak's better than Daniel Jones. I think Dak's better than Jalen Hurts. Again, they need more time for me to make a fair comparison to say either of them would be better than Dak. So Dak has got to win the division this year, especially. But then Washington, all of a sudden, if they make the trade for a Russell Wilson, or, you know, he hasn't made a list, but, you know, if they make a trade for Deshaun Watson, very quickly, if Deshaun Watson is wearing a Washington football team jersey next year, how bad does the Dak Prescott deal look? It looks even worse. Because now you got an elite yep. defense, a better head coach, uh, uh, a better quarterback, and an offense that uh, has some cap space and some room to work 
as far as, uh, you know, young drafting players or whatever it may be, uh, it, it's going to be – it's just one of those things that could quickly turn ugly. And also, Dan, what have we seen from the – besides Mahomes, the the last three mega deals for these quarterbacks, uh, Wentz, Goff, and, and Watson – it hasn't Stafford. looked good. And and you would I would argue uh because Russell Wilson's was just a year ago. Russell and, and Deshaun now are looking to be traded, uh, and they're complaining. Mm-hmm. I think that's different from Dallas. I don't think it'll go that way. But then the other two guys, after a year, it was a disaster. And the both the teams looked to trade them. And again, so the history has not looked kindly on these mega deals, at least recently. Um so I think it's I think it's a win for me as a fan. Uh, for a fan of my team, and I think overall, Cowboys will be what they will be. I expect the Cowboys to be eight and eight, nine and seven, battling like I predict them every year to be when they've been with Jerry Jones the past twenty years. Maybe they get to double digit wins because I think the NFC East is down this year, especially how bad Philly's going to be. But uh, you know, this deal to me will be considered a failure if Dak doesn't win the division three of the next four years. Yeah, yeah, and I and I, I do agree with you in that regard. And it, look, I mean, you know, the the proof is in the pudding. We'll we'll see soon enough, and the Dallas Cowboys will know soon enough um, what kind of outcome this yields. So there will be plenty of eyes on it, especially with Dallas being the you know preeminent uh, franchise and business in the NFL. So they're going to have everyone sifting through this very closely over the next few years, and obviously Dak has a lot of pressure, albeit with still plenty of money in the bank. Um, all right, Mark, let's move on. Wait, wait, to... uh, can I do a la- okay. last thing on this? I know sure. we, I know, we're talking a lot about this, but I just want to say this. This is just the 10 highest paid quarterbacks annually in the NFL right now. There are 10 guys, Ryan Tannehill being the 10th, who's making 29.5, so we'll call it 30. There are 10 quarterbacks making 30 or more. I'm not even including all the young guys and all the other guys that you could argue in ranking quarterbacks where Dak list, lands on this list. Mahomes at 45, Dak at 40, Watson 39, Wilson 35, Rodgers and Goff tied at 33.5, Cousins 33, Wentz 32, Ryan 30, Tannehill 29. Are you talking about overall? Annual um, salary. Okay, okay, not cap hit then. So the, I was going to say well, big, big Ben, Big Ben, you know, should – no, because Big know, Ben's capping, but what well, he's actually yeah, being okay. paid annual salary. R- right, right. So okay, these are the so fair. when you talk about when you just in general rank highest paid quarterbacks because they're just averaged out annual salary. So mm-hmm. that's the list. In that list alone, which is not including all of these other great quarterbacks, Brady. That's not including the young guys like we were talking about. Uh, you know, Jackson, Allen. Murray, uh, Stafford, other guys. So all these other quarterbacks. In my opinion, the highest I'd rank Dak on that list would be seventh. So let me list this right yeah. now. So I we would agree. Mahomes probably one. Rodgers, two. Wilson, three, right? You could argue Wilson and Rodgers, but two, three, especially after the sure. year Rodgers yeah. just had. Right there. So two, three. Then you go four, probably. I don't think we'd have any argument. You and I would both go Watson, right? So there's your top four. Yeah. I, at five, would go Ryan Tannehill. We have to stop hating on Ryan Tannehill. Stats alone and what he's done since he's been in Tennessee, we've we've talked about all the stats, about how he's right up there, passer rating, yards, mobile. I would take Tannehill over Dak. And then it gets murky. Right now, going into next season, I would argue I probably would rather have Matt Ryan than Dak. And or you know, but he's so he's six seven. You know, then you argue. I'd rather have Matt Ryan than Dak. Yeah, and then I, you know, then you yeah. argue. I think Jared Goff, Kirk Cousins, Wentz, and Dak. You'd all say, you know what? They're all about the same. I, 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 you know, I could argue for either one. I think Cousins is the lowest. I think Wentz, Dak, Goff are all in that range. Are just like I, you know, I think yeah. I think I think Wentz is the most talented maybe of the three, but he's coming off a horrible year. Goff, I think, is uh, th- throws maybe the best ball, but he's the least mobile. Dak's got the injury. I mean, so now you're talking about not even in just overall quarterback rating, but of just the top 10 highest paid guys, he's number two highest paid, but I would say he's sixth, seventh on this list. I mean, that's where you have to, you have to say to yourself, that's not great value. The Cowboys as a franchise, when you're looking at value to build winning, and none of those guys are a ton of Super Bowl winners, 
Mahomes, you know what I mean? One time, a bunch of mm-hmm. one-time winners on that list, a couple of them, but Brady's not on the list. The consistent winning, not on that list as far as Super Bowls. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? That's where if you're a Cowboys fan and you're pointing at like I'm not happy about this, that's the list you point at. Yeah, and I mean that's a trend that's kind of been troubling in the NFL for years is that, you know, typically the highest paid players at their positions aren't often um, among the best. Usually the top one is, and then there's a lot of debate between numbers two and five on those lists. Yeah. And that's, you know, that just goes to show that the NFL is just as um, vulnerable to convenience and circumstance as any other business. You know, you, you know, there've been uh, plenty of jobs that one will have where, where they'll see someone in a, you know, upper level management position and be like, how the heck did that person land this gig and how have they had it for so long well there's a big reason for that convenience because if you're there it's easy and people people try and think like oh you know so-and-so could just go out and get another quarterback they could go out get watson it's it's definitely not remotely as simple as people think it is and and these owners know how difficult it is to even pull off a trade so when they have a guy in their grasp it's a tough decision to make because if you move off now you definitely have to hit big and that's hard to do a lot of the time. And times, especially so. with, and we've seen it all, you've, even when a, a guy like says, like Russell Wilson says, I want to be on that team. It doesn't mean it's going to happen. You're absolutely right. Right. And I, and I I think, and the final note on this will just be, again, I, I'm happy for Dak. I, 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 I've never been the huge Dak guy. I don't know whether I'd want Dak as my quarterback. It's certainly not at this money, but I'm happy for him. And I never, ever, ever want to hear anyone Talk about Dak Prescott uh, not being not getting paid enough for the disrespect ever again. And I do. I'm very interested to see how the media, who's been very kind to Dak because he never got his money, has now made over 50 million in endorsements in his first four years in the league. Just signed for 66 million, had 31 million guaranteed last year. Guys sure. already cleared now. Well over 100, almost 150 million dollars. He's got. Uh, he's earned in his five years of being in the NFL. And so now it is he's he's brought the he, he has now put the target on his back brought the criticism, so uh, I'm I'll be very interested to see how the media turns on Dak over the next year for sure. And he's got it made. I mean, yeah. he has still an All Pro running back. He has great weapons, and he's in a terrible division. Terrible like, division. This this is hand wrapped for the guy. If he's he can't got, pull oh. this off in the next two years, it's it's very bad. Yes, very bad news, especially with Carson Wentz being shipped out of town. All right, Mark, let's transition to uh, someone a little bit closer to home. Uh, Well, we'll touch on two quick things real quick, because what happened uh, just about a week ago, right after we filmed our show, was the the Steelers finally announcing the restructure and re-signing Big Ben. Ben. And so I just, you know, I don't want to spend too much time on this because it's kind of something we've already, you know, talked about, and it wasn't necessarily a major surprise. Um, but but I do think the importance of this goes to show that one, the Steelers, to to their credit, were fairly blunt. I, there's a lot of people out there in the media and elsewhere. They won the negotiations. That are, that are <laughs> yeah yeah. I mean, there, there's a lot of people in the media right now that are you know blaming Pittsburgh for you know, keeling over and, you know, being too loyal. But look, I mean, this type of move, I really see it the other way around. This is some the Steelers were much more vocal and assertive about their position and how they needed more money from him and they needed him to fall on his sword and take a pay cut if he wanted to come back. And so they, you know, Big Ben saw the writing on the wall. He knew that this was going to be the only option for him. And, uh, you know, to his credit as well, he was willing to take a pay cut. Uh, which you know, not you don't have to do. Not every quarterback has to do it. He still had guaranteed money coming to him, but regardless, he took enough, and uh, the Steelers save a bunch of space. And um, so now he is the de facto uh, 2021 quarterback. And based on the structure of the contract, I don't want to get too much into the minutia of it, but it is pretty clear the way this is structured that this is going to be his final season. Swan so it's, it's put up or shut up. Yep. It's, it, yeah. Well, I, and I, you know, so here's my quick take on it, and you can respond to this because obviously I wanted to get your thoughts on this. So the Steelers, first off, A, they did win the negotiation, but the reason they were in this terrible spot is their own damn fault. So they, I mean, they they willingly said to Big Ben a couple of years ago, yeah, $45 million when you're 38 years old, uh, 39 years old, you know, they put themselves in this spot. So 
I do give them credit for winning the negotiation in this battle, but they were the ones who put themselves in this spot. They certainly, I think this was the best move for them because uh, they just didn't have the, like to take the, the cap hit, to have a weird end with Big Ben, I don't think serves them well either. So here is my kind of hot take on it. If I was a Steelers fan, I said on my show on Saturday, I'm okay. I'm, I think this is a win. You know why? Because either way, I think our ceiling is competing to get to an AFC championship game. So I think the ceiling is you're in the AFC championship game and it was a t- you put up a good fight or you lose in the a divisional or wildcard round uh, competing for an AFC championship. So I think that's their ceiling. And so as a Steelers fan, hey, that's been your ceiling the past couple of years. You've thought it's been Super Bowl, but that's really been your ceiling. So that doesn't change too much. And then worse comes to worse, by week five, six, seven, it's not going well. Big Ben is really a shot fighter. And then you can do the whole just a swan song thing. Write it off as we got some fans in the stands. Farewell to our future Hall of Famer. Get the banner ready. Retire number seven. Start just turn it into a media press tour where you'll get some good Sunday night football coverage, even though you're four and seven. And because it's, you know, hey, Big Ben's final. Could this be Big Ben's final game against so-and-so? You know what I mean? And you get this kind of swan song. And then you're in a better spot to draft higher and get a quarterback next year. I don't think the Steelers should draft a quarterback in the first two rounds this year. I think they should go all in on filling the other holes in their roster and and either and then because I also think Dan the other thing I said on my show on Saturday was the being the quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers is a great job in the NFL and it's the type of job that Deshaun Watson all these other people if when it becomes open they're gonna want the people are gonna want that job a Russell Wilson uh, football wise would want that job you know what I mean there's going to be names. We saw it going a year ago. Would we have thought that all these names would have been available in this offseason? No. So think about the names that could be available next offseason. That's going to be a desired job for a quarterback. Uh, So I think if I'm the Steelers, hold out. Don't draft anyone in the first or second rounds. Build the roster. Uh, The worst comes to worst. It turns into a good media swan song. Like Like the Giants got great media coverage for the swan song for Eli Manning. I think the Steelers could do the same. And uh, that's worse comes to worse, in my opinion. Okay, yeah. I mean, I, I agree with some. I disagree with others. I mean, the, the, the main point, um, I think, for me is they did put themselves in this situation, but it was warranted throughout those years. I mean, they've been good at restructuring contracts, pushing things off so that they can be in win-now mode. And they were in win-now mode. They had great defense. They had a promising offense. So they had to do it. It was the right move at the time. Obviously, it caught them um in a tough situation primarily because of covid and with the cap being what it was they wouldn't nearly needed to be in been in uh, such a dire situation as they were in terms of the cap hit and you know needing the space more than anything else so i think those were a couple parts um that i kind of just wanted to touch on but other than that um, I disagree about the quarterback thing, but I agree okay. in the sense that I don't think they need to draft. They're, they're not going to draft, in my view, they shouldn't draft a quarterback at 24. If they're going to draft a quarterback and they really like someone like Trey Lance, then I think they need to make like a go for broke move up all and right. draft a quarterback. If they can pull that off, then I think I think all bets are off. Like it, It's very much still on the table to get one now because next year's draft class doesn't look terribly good right now. And while there could be a slew of free agents that's you're you're leaving that up to chance because you don't know so but i think if I, they if they are endeared to a guy okay like obviously if they really think justin fields or trey lance could definitely be the next franchise quarterback and they feel very strongly about it then i think they should move up and go get them especially with how deep some of this offensive line class is they can get a really good one in the second round um, you know, and potentially try and build that way. But your point is well taken there. They, they have needs on this team yeah. for sure. But I think if they can get a quarterback of the future now, then you then I think they should do that now. Because next year, even if they're stuck with Mason Rudolph or Dwayne Haskins, this team is not going 3-13. and 13, So they're not going to be in a position to draft top five, most likely. 
No, so, but they could be. They could be in a position. They're not going to start eleven and zero, so they could be in a position to you know be it. You know, it's easier to trade up from fifteen, thirteen. You know, than it would it be. Certainly is. And I, yes. I guess my my point is, you know, my my final thought on that is, I'm at, I'm now starting to maybe change my thinking. If you're one of these teams that could be quarterback needy and you're in the twenties or thirties. The, the league is seemingly changing, man. Quarterbacks seem to be becoming more and more available, more mobility. I, you know, as more young guys come in, the fact that a guy like a Jared Goff doesn't have his job anymore and they've moved out, like, these are things you start to see. You're like, wow. Like, the, the movement is, is more possible. And the Steelers, besides maybe the Cowboys, I mean, th- that is like a premier job for a quarterback. And yeah. – they don't have to really worry about the legend of Big Ben. You know what I mean? Living up to it's not like following Brady or Eli even. I you know Sure, I, but it's still, you know, it's still pretty substantial. It I mean, is. It's it, it it a Hall of Famer shoes, period, is for sure. Not for sure. A fun position to be in, you know. Um, but but let's let's move on to the Chicago Bears now because Allen Robinson did get the franchise tag, so the Bears are locking him up for the 2021 season. Yeah. In my view, Mark. It's a it's it's good because I I mean the Bears finally actually did something that you didn't expect them to do because honestly I don't think many of us were thinking that they were gonna be be able to to keep Allen Robinson around whether it was with the franchise tag or a long term deal the the big thing for me though is while this is great I I don't you, you know we don't necessarily see this team obviously making a push for the Super Bowl next year so while it's great to have Allen Robinson around another year. It's going to depend what they can do in the next twelve months to lock him up to a long term deal because that's ultimately what needs to happen here. Otherwise, one year in twenty twenty one where you maybe win a playoff game is not necessarily the year you want to spend all the money. Well, here's so here's my thing. I, I think there's some validity to that. I love this move because it, as, as a fan, it guarantees I have Allen Robinson on my team next year. Like that. Yeah, like the, like that's. I mean, that's huge. I also think for the Bears, I, where I see Ryan Pace and and him coming from is he's probably in the negotiations with Robinson's agent saying, listen, I, I, I we don't know what the quarterback situation is going to be like. We want Allen to be here long term. We want Allen to retire Bear. We want Khalil Mack to retire Bear. These are guys that you brought in, but you want them when they go into the possibility of going to the Hall of Fame to be wearing Bears uniforms and being yeah, long-time Bears. to be remembered Bears. as a Chicago yes, player. Yes, you want Absolutely. this. That's what you want, ideally. The problem with that is Allen Robinson, you know, and he deserves money, and he deserves big money, and he's going to get – I mean, the franchise tag for wide receivers is like, going to be like close to $15 million guaranteed. It's going to make a good chunk of change. And, and remember, the Bears signed him three years, $42 million – when he was coming off an ACL tear. So the Bears like him. The Bears put faith in him. I think the the problem is, and I, well, here's my thing. As a fan, I just want the deal done because I want Allen Robinson always on my team. He makes your team better. From the general, if I put my Bears general manager hat on, I say, our goal is to save our asses, save our jobs. The best way to do that is to make sure Allen Robinson is on this team next year. It does not help me to save my ass, save my job, if I give Allen Robinson too much money and I don't have any leveraged end and I don't and I'm out of moves. So that doesn't help me. It helps me to keep him on the team one year franchise deck. That's great. Let's do that. So I also can think if I'm Ryan Pace and we can get a Russell Wilson, or you can get you can make a move at quarterback to say to Allen Robinson a year from now, listen, we got a guy. Now, we got the guy for you, whether it's a rookie, whether it's uh, 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 Darnold, whether it's, uh, you know, uh, Watson, whether it's Wilson. Maybe then Allen Robinson will stay for less money. So I think they're buying themselves yep. time. I think it's smart on their end. And I think Allen Robinson's the type of guy who's going to play hard. He's going to come out. He's going to work. Uh, I think he will. Um, and I, they still have time to get a deal done. If the Bears can get a, a Russell Wilson or a draft or whatever happens, you know, you have till July, mid-July, to sign your your free agents to a long-term deal, your tags to a long-term deal. So I also think that's maybe something they're saying to his camp. We love you. We did this now because we want more time. Let us try to figure out the quarterback situation so everyone's happy. Your guy wants a quarterback and he wants to be here. We want him here and we want to try to figure out a quarterback. Let's push the pause on this right now. So Yeah, it's a mutually beneficial situation yeah. because it, if you sign Allen Robinson, that, that helps – 
you recruit a quarterback to yes. Chicago to sign them. And then by signing that quarterback, if that happens first, you're able to then influence Allen Robinson to sign long-term. So this could work out in both ways for you very, very million percent. Easily. So uh, I think it's ultimately a good move, and we'll see you know, what the Bears are able to do with this moving forward. The quarterback situation is going to be the biggest microscope that we put on it. Um, to see who will be throwing the football to Allen Robinson. Hopefully they can work out a deal. They'll set, definitely have some time to do so in the next several months, uh, even potentially you know a, a year if it, uh, if it comes to that point. Um, so, Mark, if, if you're good, we can move on to our bold strategy. Oh, yeah. Unless you wanted to no, put a bow great. on that. Okay, very good. Um, so uh, now we will uh, turn our attention to our bold strategy. This is the franchise tag edition, and basically – uh, I'm just going to rattle off five players that were not franchise tagged by their team. So uh, the bold strategy here goes with the following, that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers declined to franchise tag Shaq Barrett. The Detroit Lions did not tag Kenny Galladay. The Tennessee Titans didn't tag young tight end Jonu Smith. Chargers did not tag Hunter Henry. And finally, um, the Green Bay Packers did not tag the running back Aaron Jones. It's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for him. So, Mark, looking at this list in particular, who got it right? Who got it wrong? Well, the Bucks got it right because even though I love Shaq Barrett, they got Godwin. And I think the wide receiver market we were just talking about, these wide receivers are commanding huge money. So, in a lot of ways, you actually could save yourself money by tagging some of these wide receivers right now. Um, so, I, 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 I think in a, in a weird way, by not choosing – and I think Shaq Barrett – He's going to prioritize coming back to Tampa. When you win a Super Bowl and you don't, and you got multiple guys, you know, they extend Levante David, they, they, they tag Godwin. They can say to Shaq, listen, Shaq, now you're going to be a free agent. We get it. There's going to be a lot of offers coming your way. All, our offer may not be as great as someone else who's maybe willing to pay a little bit more. But remember what we had here, and you like being here. We want you here. Here's our number. So I think they I think they still can get that deal done. Now, if they completely lose Shaq Barrett, that really hurts. They better get another edge rusher then because the reason that the Bucs won the Super Bowl besides Brady's efficiency in the culture was they did, they dominated at the line of scrimmage in that Super Bowl. Then they remember uh, Kansas City did not score a touchdown. My biggest loser in this is the Detroit Lions. What the f- are you doing? Kenny Galladay, can I tell you this? That Now, I get it. He's been beat up. But you bring in Jared Goff. You you want to give Jared Goff help. In Kenny Galladay's for, uh, first 47 career games of the Lions, he's played 47 career games of the Lions, Calvin, versus Calvin Johnson's first 47 year, year, games of the Lions, he has 98 less receiving yards, and he has one less receiving touchdown. In the first 47 <laughs> games with the Lions, Calvin Johnson, wow. 3,166 yards and 22 touchdowns. Kenny Galladay, 3,068 yards, 21 touchdowns. The dude is a freak. And now he has had trouble staying healthy. That is a problem. That's why you don't sign him to a long-term deal, but you tag him. And you bring him in. You see if him and Jared Goff have a relationship. And then you sign him. You know what I'm saying? I just don't get this move at all. Now, the Lions are early in the draft, and maybe the Lions are really eyeing on one of these elite wide receivers early in the draft. A Devontae Smith, a Jalen Waddell. Uh, why can't they get the kid's name from LSU who sat out this year? Who's uh, who's probably going to be the first wide receiver picked even over a guy who just won the Heisman. So, maybe that's what they're looking at. I I'm, I can't tell you, but that just seems like one of those like dumb, dumb brain moves. Yeah, look, uh, I, I agree with you. I think Green Bay not franchise tagging Aaron Jones was ultimately the right choice because running backs have been proven to be a dime a dozen. You have a, uh, a high round draft pick in A.J. Dillon that you obviously want to Do we on. know, before I cut you off there, do we know what the franchise tag one year for a running back would look like? Because that was the um, other so thing. I had no idea. Because receivers, the I was receiver hearing. It was 16.5. 16. That's a good chunk um, of change. That's a lot of money. Yes. And that's all will, guaranteed all against the cap. Right so, you know, the Bears are, are committing 16.5 to Allen Robinson. I mean, and that's like what he's going to want to get per year. You know, the Michael Thomas deal reset the wide receiver market in $100 million. I mean, it's it's crazy what these, what these receivers are commanding, uh, but receivers are important in this league right now. 
Uh, what is the running back? Because that's where I'm interested with the Aaron Jones thing, where if the tag's not that much, you know, again, unless they can, unless they feel confident they can re-sign him in free agency, because who's going to – I mean, which team is going to give Aaron Jones a big deal in free agency right now either? Maybe, you know, maybe a, that's the thing, you know. a, a New England could use a really good running back. Uh you know, uh, who else could use a really good running back right now? Who's up like a yeah, piece I mean, away? Um, there's the a, a Steelers lot of teams, could I mean, use a, run, a really good running the, back. The Steelers definitely could. I just they're not gonna they're not gonna pay a high price yeah. for one right now. Um, I, I agree. The Patriots are probably right in line to do that. Hey, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers could potentially you know be in need of one if what they depend yeah. on what happens with Leonard Fournette. Uh, do they want, you know, Ronald Jones to be the bell cow? That certainly, you know, could be something uh, of note. Um, but, yeah, other than that, I mean, honestly, I mean, San Fran, I mean, he could he could work really well yep. with the 49ers. It's whether or not, you know, they, they're willing to spend that type of money. Some team is going to, obviously, we've seen with Todd Gurley, like someone is going to take a chance. Atlanta. On, on a proven uh, good run. Yeah, Atlanta could. They could do it. And honestly, it'd be a better. Especially with, better, what's his uh, name, the new, the new head coach, uh, Arthur Smith. The uh, Arthur Smith, yeah. He, and he, obviously, he just. His whole career a, is built off that, Derrick Henry in the running games like that. I think sure. and Jones is a downhill back. He's not Derrick Henry, but he's very good. Yeah, you know, and and, and, and uh, with with the Kenny Galladay thing, and, and I totally agree with you that they should have. Um, you first off, you want to get obviously Jared Goff a, a weapon, a reliable weapon at that. Um, but four of their top five receivers from last year are going to be unrestricted free agents. You got Marvin Jones, Danny Amendola, like so. All you're going to work with potentially here is a whole new slate of wide receivers and Hawkinson. and then T.J. Hawkins. And I like Hawkinson so, a lot, but yeah, and, yeah, and he but he's young too. You, you know, like so with Kenny Galladay, you had somewhat of a you know, more of a veteran guy. He's still young, but, um, you know, someone, a, a huge target, a good red zone help. You know, these are the type of things that Jared Goff's going to need, potentially with an offseason that's going to be just like last year. That is tough for a new quarterback in a new system. So, look, I, I really think Detroit should have done it. I also think Tampa Bay should have franchised Shaq Barrett over Chris Godwin. I would have preferred that when you have already star receivers at the helm. And the guys that went off in the Super Bowl with the likes of Gronk and Antonio Brown, it, and, and, and with a quarterback like Tom Brady, you know that he can succeed with even just you know mid-level talent. And he's already got Mike Evans, great tight end. Yeah, I think that's so, a Brady. I just think that's a Brady move. You know what I mean? I think they they look at sure. that and they say Brady, we're gonna we're gonna get make sure you got your guy, and we're gonna do everything we can to get Shaq back and, and actually sign Shaq. Yeah. And I, I can't think of the last time a tight end was tagged. Well, um, and you know, and I like Hunter I, Henry a lot, sure but again, happened, injuries but, and now but injuries, yeah. And now you start to say a guy three years ago I would have said was one of the top three or four tight ends. I I just don't know if he's that anymore. I don't love I mean, I'd like to see them try to sign him because you wanna keep uh you wanna give your young your young quarterback weapons, but uh yeah, you know, again, injuries really hurt his his uh his tenure for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, all right, Mark, as we kind of get ready to close out the show here with our franchise tag talks, um, we also got some news that uh, former Chicago Bear is ready to uh, lace them back up. Yeah, Kyle Long, my guy. Uh, you know, he's he's been retired uh, two years now. And, uh, you know, it's one of those things where it's, it's interesting because we kind of joked about it with, like, Andrew Luck and could Andrew Luck come back. You know, when your body – Kyle Long is one of those guys that those first three, four years he was – so dominant. I think three Pro Bowls, uh, it just ridiculously good at the guard in the interior guard position, uh, and a guy who did not play a ton of football. I mean, he was he was early, you know, is young in his career at Oregon, uh, just raw talent. Obviously, the bloodline, but I mean, he was so beat up, and that last year in his it was the second year with Matt Nagy. He remember he got really really injured that 2018 year. The ankle, yep. like, massive reconstruction on the ankle. Rehab, rehab, rehab to try and get back for 2019. And by middle of the season, they benched him, and he basically retired. And from what we're starting to learn now, and he's been in the media, he has a sour relationship with, with Pace and Nagy. And I, think, and I think it's valid. I think it's because he – I think it's starting to come out that he felt pressured to come back and maybe pressured to then retire and pressured to – 
you know, take as opposed to just like letting him kind of his, you know, see where his body goes. And I think now you see for a guy like him having over a year, almost two years completely off from football, he's in his early 30s, uh, not even, I think, like 31. Like he's our age. And all of a sudden he's mm-hmm. saying, like, well, wait a minute. I feel amazing. Uh, maybe I could get my chance to, to get back in. I see Kyle Long doing one of two things signing with a contender on a prove it deal, you know, going to a Kansas City. Uh, where they need some offensive line help, uh, prove it deal with high incentives, depending on if he starts, you know, nice guaranteed salary, but uh, high incentives, or he just takes some really good money from a team that's just desperate and needs veteran offensive linemen to come in and compete. And again, the money gets better if you make the team, stuff like that. I'm happy for him. I hope he gets a shot. And I hope he has a, a year or two, a two, three years to run out his career playing solid football, helping a team, contributing, and maybe as a starter, as a depth guy, rotation guy. I'd love to see him with Chicago. <laughs> Sadly, I don't think it will. I could actually see him in Green Bay. It would be a great spot for him. Um, and I'm, I'm happy that a guy like Kyle Long, he'll always be a bear. He loves the Bears, and and uh, and he's, he's a great media guy, great with the podcasting stuff he's done. But he certainly deserves uh, just to be healthy. And to, to, for him to feel like he's going to give it a shot, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a family that loves football, and you know that the guy really puts his all into it. Um, you know, when when I was there covering the team, he was always the guy in the locker room that everyone loved, you know, and, and you can tell that from his interviews and um, all of that, that that you see on a daily basis, especially in the Chicago market, um, is a guy that's fun-loving, that really is a culture dude and uh, is just a footballer. And uh, that's that's someone to be valued. Honestly, I would love to see him as a Steeler. The Steelers yeah. need offensive line help. He's definitely a piece that you want with experience that can play left guard and right guard. I mean, that's also valuable. He's a versatile player. And he's and uh, and tackle. And he made know, a so ton of money. Good. I mean, he made a ton mm-hmm. of money. And yeah, so, and he's, so maybe he's that's one not of those a guys I think that right would now. agree to like listen. You can if you cut me, you know, like a one year five million dollars, and if you and if I can't make the team, or you're going to cut me in training camp, and we realize quickly I don't got it, then it, then you save money. But I, I think there's a deal out there for him like that, and I and I hope he gets it, and I and I uh, I hope he gets more, I, and I'd love to see him uh, be real successful for a couple of years in the league. Absolutely. All right, Mark. As we uh, get ready to close this out. Uh, let's just list the nine players that were tagged by their teams and uh, we'll get a quick reaction and uh, close it out for this week. So um, the nine players that were uh, tagged were Carolina's Taylor Moten, who signed uh, the franchise tender there at offensive tackle. Allen Robinson, of course, was Chicago's wide receiver. Dak Prescott, we talked about, was just uh, just a formality. Cam Robinson, the tackle in Jacksonville, gets tagged. Marcus Williams, safety of, uh, for the Saints. Uh, the Leonard Williams, defensive tackle for the Giants. Marcus May, defensive back, safety for the New York Jets. Chris Godwin, wide receiver for Tampa Bay. And finally, guard Brandon Scherf uh, in Washington. Any surprises? I No surprises. I really like them all. I guess the one surprise would be like, hey, Tampa went with this guy over this guy, and we talked about. The one I yeah. really like, though, is Leonard Williams. I, again, I think the Giants uh, could be the sneaky team. In I think they're going to be a, a pesky in the NFC East. And you know how down I was going into when we started this podcast, the first two weeks, was out on Joe Judge, had no idea. Uh, he really, uh, you know, that 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 Giants team had a lot of fight in them. The fact that they were even in it going into week 17 in that division, I get it, the division was historically bad. But I, I like that move for them, and they need, they need culture, guys. New York, both New York teams have just had so much turnover. You know what I mean? Yeah. In the end, you just like to see guys, even if it maybe doesn't make the best sense, just some continuity, some, hey, some guys are staying here. Some guys want to be here. You know what I mean? They just need stuff like that. And Leonard Williams is a yeah. is a difference maker. And he's the type of guy that in two or three years down the line or, th- you know, three or four years down the line, if he's still on your team and you, you overpay him, you know, next year if you sign him, he's that culture guy who was like, hey, I was there from the beginning. They brought me in, got me from the Jets, and I can help in that way. And, and if he stays healthy, he's a beast. He's a load. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's he really is, and and he's young. They'll you know they're obviously going to hope to sign him to a long term deal, and he could be a staple of that front for years and years to come. Uh, Brandon Scherf stood out to me for Washington. You know, it shows that they're still willing to build this team 
and uh, and and you know compete and keep a core there, and it's good for the run game. And he's a really really talented guard. He was going to get a lot of money elsewhere if he hit the open market. So oh, it's a yeah. big move for Washington there to to be able to make a statement. They've got a great uh, defensive line as we all know, and now they're trying to beef up that offensive line and keep uh, their great players on and that side of the ball. He was a high draft pick too, right? I mean, it's one of those. Brandon Scherf, uh, he was out of high Iowa, pick, right? I, I think he was a first rounder out of Iowa. Yep. And so I, again, I I think that's a, you know. Again, a team like Washington, it's a lot of that, like, just, hey, some guys are staying here. I think it's so such a cultural mm-hmm. thing. When you have so many of these teams have so much turnover, sometimes it's just he nice. He was a first-round pick, by the way. Yeah, yes. sometimes it's just right. nice to, like, even if you're spending the tag, it's like, we just got a guy. We, we keep you in our yep. program for another year. We, As we know in the NFL, so much changes in the course of a calendar year. and But we know, hey, we got a guy for at least this next year, and we'll address this problem again next year. You know what I mean? That's for sure. That is for sure. All right. Well, thank you all for listening to this franchise tag edition of the Football Lounge with Mark and Dan. We will be back here with next week with plenty more to talk about as we approach free agency. So Get it done, Robin Pace. going to be big stuff. Get it done. That's next right. week's episode, Wilson, Chicago. Get it done. Book it now, folks. <laughs> all right. Stay safe, and uh, we'll see you soon.